You're listening to Sex in Iceland with me, your host, Sigurdur, an Icelandic sexologist. So, guess who's leaving on a jet plane? But I know when I'll be back again. Yes, the lovely city of Stockholm. Or Stockholmer, like we like to call it here in Iceland. I will be graced with my visit. I am going to go there, spend a few days. I've never been to Stockholm. I've been to Sweden, only Malmö. But I'm... Oh, damn you, censors in the seat. Okay. But I've never been to... Um, it wasn't my seatbelt. Like, I'm always wearing my seatbelt, but this was actually... Um, I put my backpack in the seat next to me and it's hypersensitive. Like I cannot even put down half a kilo of peanuts there and it will start beeping. So I always have to put my backpack in a seat belt, which is okay. I mean, then at least my computer won't go flying. Oh, and I think I may be one fourth squirrel since I always, I'm always packing like a kilo of different kinds of nuts with me. I think I might have... You know, I'm, I'm too influenced by the squirrel sagas of Dirini Halsaskoy. I don't know what they're called in Norwegian or Sweden or Danish. Dirini Halsaskoy? Hmm. Mikirever? Hmm. Well, anyway, so I'm going to Stockholm and I will be there for four days. And I am planning on meeting two wonderful sexologists. One who I've interviewed in... Um, in the podcast from one sexologist to another, Kalle Norvald. And I'm hoping to also visit RFSU, which is the... Oh, Jesus. Which is the um, Swedish Sexology Association, kind of the Swedish sex ed sexology um, thing. I don't know, thing? No, association? I don't know what RFSU stands for, but they have... they So they do all this... Uh, amazing family planning, reproductive health in Sweden. And they manage sex ed as well. But they also have, you know, a variety of products such as they have their own loop, they have um, shaving gel, they have condoms, pregnancy tests. And here's a little interesting trivia for you. I think it's the same in Swedish as it is in Danish. But at least, I, I don't know if we get a Danish version here, but it's gravitist. That's to be pregnant. Yeah. Language lesson of today. So, yeah. So, my plan is to go about Stockholm. Hopefully, the weather will be semi-nice. You know, I'm happy if it's not raining and not snowing and not too windy. Then I'll be happy. And I will be checking, hopefully, out RFSU headquarters and speaking to some lovely people. And then possibly meeting Kalle for coffee and maybe even Susan Larsdottir. I'm waiting for her to reply. She is like the Volva goddess of Sweden and she always has these fantastic, like something Volva on. It may be like a necklace or earrings or like five fabulous rings on her fingers or like, I don't know, even a dress made of Volva pattern or something. She's just, I love her and she's always wearing something pink. Super cool. So yeah, those are some of my Swedish superstars. But also, there are a lot of sexologists spread out in um, Sweden, so they're not all Stockholm-based. And I didn't even know that 
Sweden is kind of a big country and it's kind of spread out. So traveling between different parts can take some time. So I will not be doing a lot of that because it's a city trip. I'm taking a girl trip. Oh yeah, baby. Um, I'm going with two other friends, or at least one other friend. I don't know about the third friend. Apparently she may not be coming, but this is yet to be decided. Um, and we're going to visit our friend who lives there, and we're going to have just an all-girls jam session. Well, not jam session, obviously. But we're going to be chatting and doing what gals do. And it's so funny, because my friend was like, should I book us um, a dinner at some nice restaurant? Should we get all dressed up? And I'm like, dude, I think we are seriously going to be hanging in just comfy clothing. And we're just going to eat takeout and get maybe, I don't know, some vino, some chocolate, some cheese, some munchies. And we're going to be hanging out, not having to do anything and not having to be these presentable ladies that we are. I often think to myself, what is it being a lady? Like, what... What is it like? Because we have all these different books and thoughts and ideas of what it is to be female and what what is femininity. And I mean, they have these etiquette schools of how to behave. And this is what a lady does. And it's always fascinated me how we can have these set of rules for what a lady does instead of just like. This is common courtesy. This is how people should or can behave in certain settings or to be courteous or respectful to one another. And I guess also I was really triggered by um, a question that I got in class. And I get this often from guys, not from gals. And I mean guys presenting as guys, identifying as guys, being penis havers, being born into their penis body so they're like cisgender heteronormative um, often hetero guys and they sometimes raise this question in class and they're like so can you prove that there's not just that there that there are more than two genders and they and I, and I just feel that like I'm gonna get into the debate with her mm-hmm. we're gonna get this going and she's gonna lose and I'm always like okay I've got one word for you to google it's intersex But another thing, why do you care how other people identify? Like, why does it bother you how other people identify or label themselves? How does that truly affect your life? If a person is genderqueer or just queer or trans or intersex for that matter or presents um, what you would think of as a woman but then maybe doesn't have a vulva or isn't vulva identifying or whatever like how does it affect your existence why are you so bothered by how other people live their life and live their truth and why is it not just their truth why does their truth become your truth like oh my god it gets me super fucking frustrated and it's like are you so annoyed when you're ordering a pizza do you go off on the pizza delivery person by being like okay why do you have even shrimps on the menu like who are those people who put shrimp on their pizza like i think those people should be banned and like you should totally tell those shrimp eating pizza people that they're super super weird and non-human and should not be allowed to exist that is my opinion and i think my opinion is god So here's my thing. 
I've also been asked this from time to time. Do you think Jesus loves you? Which was a hilarious question, obviously. She loves me. She thinks I'm fabulous. She would go with me to Pride. I mean, this is basic. Oh, and I was also asked yesterday if I organized a 30-person um, orgy here in Iceland. And I was like, what? If they had a 30-person orgy, I might have heard about it. Not necessarily. You know, I don't get invited to everything. Although, you know, I like to be included, but... I'm not included in everything. People can have their orgies without letting me know, you know, uh, and orchestrating it. I was like, wow, that's a super interesting idea. So I, my mind went straight to Erga Lust or like Tristan Ta Taormino. Like this would be a super cool um, porn video to do where you'd have like this orgy, but you'd have like this orchestrator or what, what is it called? The conductor, Yautak. So you would have this conductor which would, would like have their little wand and be like, doom, doom. So you'd be playing the bodies like as if they were instruments and you'd be like, here I have the violins or whatever. You'd like, I don't know, give them names or labels or something. And there, and you would just you would play them. It would be like the sound of sex. Oh my lord, this is such a good idea. So you heard it here first. If anybody produces the sound of sex and they do this conductor type of thing with um, that where people are like musical instruments and stuff, you heard it here first. This was my idea. But I mean, like with ideas and fantasies, it's all about setting them free and le letting them flutter in the world and see who brings them to reality, you know? Um, ideas are not ever really your own. You can make something of them, um, and then it might be your own, like if I were to do this. But as of now, I don't think I have time or brain space to make this happen, but I think it'd be super cool. So yeah, I have this issue with people having issues with other people. And if you think about it, if you think about how you were raised, and I might have talked about this on some episode, I find it quite likely actually. Um, but if you think about how you were raised, we're always raised to be so ashamed. And not only ashamed, we're kind of raised in um, Handmaid's Tale, kind of under his eye, where you're like, we're raised to have this super, um, we're always, what's it called? not investigative we're always you know spying we're always kind of it's like this um this uh ss kind of when you had the secret police and that whole thing we're always spying on other people and we're always like okay social control i will notice uh, like i'll see how you're behaving and within the set of rules that i was taught taught i will decide if that is normal or not normal and that will help me form my judgment upon you, whether you are normal or not normal, based on the set of rules I was taught. And I don't think it's actually helping us. So, like, when people are talking about gender, I get if, like, you're dating somebody, I'm sorry, I'm going to this photo shoot and I'm not exactly sure where I'm going. So I'm just driving around here, hoping to find my way. I might have to put this into Google Maps. I'm do oh, here it is. Um, I'm doing an I'm doing a photo shoot that that could could be kind of cool. Well, it will probably be kind of cool, but um, I'm interested to see how it will turn out. I have all these outfits with me, and this is a part of my job doing these outfits and uh, do, do it, not doing outfits. Like, what are you saying? But doing like promotional stuff, and and I think it's fun. It's different. It's um, sometimes really out of my comfort zone. And to be quite frank, I'm not usually very happy with the 
the pictures that I turn out. Um, it's not my pictures, but it's not the photographer's fault or anything like that. It's just I think I'm I can be super critical, and I always think that I'm a bit like I could be looking better than I am. So my friend, she is um, a model. And I remember one time we were hanging out and she was like, oh, I have this photo shoot tomorrow. I was like, oh, cool. And she was like, so I have to be careful of what I eat today and tomorrow. And I was like, what? How and why is that related? And she's like, because I don't want to be puffy or I don't want to be this and I don't want to be that. And I was like, I had never seriously given it a thought that food could affect how you look and you need to be mindful of these kinds of things if you were having, like, going to to a photo shoot. So me not being a model, this is something that I'm like, oh, right, I should be mindful of that, I guess. But I'm not, so I don't even remember what I ate yesterday. Okay, sorry, car behind me. Okay, I need to find this out in Google. I'm not... Ba-bam! I found it, I found it. I have been here for a recording for a game show. So here's the thing about sexologists. We're different, obviously, because we're individuals. But I have heard certain sexologists not they don't they do not want to partake in any media type of stuff that's not like for professional reasons. So they don't want to be like on a game show just because people think it's funny that they're a sexologist or think it's exciting or something like that. But to me, like that's not been the stance that I've taken because um, because I actually think it is quite important to get people to know you as a person, but also it's it's advertisement. And for some people, that's not the kind of advertisement that they want or they need. But I know for me, because I get booked for stand-up gigs as well, and I think it's a really important part of my um, way to educate people is actually doing the stand-up. It's not like, ha-ha, we're going to make fun of small penises tonight. Let's rally around. That's not what we're doing. So I pack a lot of education and a lot of thought-provoking material into my stand-up show. So in order to like sell that, but also to... Yeah, when? Yeah, to get people to get your name on people's lips um, you have to do various things and some of those things are super fun and some of those things are kind of like I don't know about this but I'm gonna do it but um so like say last weekend I was on this television show that's um, about relationships gonna be gonna be shown here in Iceland in the fall and we were talking about all these different relationship type of things and and it's interesting, you might not know this, but but usually if you're a, special, a specialist and you go on a TV show, you're not paid. So that you like you kind of have to be grateful that you're included. And I'm not kidding you, but you don't get paid for it. But how interesting is that? Like it, it takes at least two hours, you know, you have to get makeup and, and then, you know, it takes time to get everything ready. And then it, there's the interview and then they might want to add to it and stuff like that. And you do not get paid for your time as an expert, even though this is what, you know, they, they need people for the show or they wouldn't have a show, but still they don't pay people to be in the show, you know? I don't know, this might work differently in the US, but at least my experience with TV is that it's rarely paid. When I went on the game show that I was on, we got like a certificate for um, dinner, which I thought was cool. I mean, you know, that's money as well. I, I like to go out to dinner and I like not having to pay for it. So... It's so interesting when you're thinking about it, 
you know, who who gets paid and for what kind of work. It's the same with radio. So you get asked on radio shows and you have to give your expert opinion, but they're not paid slots. But they're like, but it's advertisement for you. And they're like, well, don't you want to be the expert on the matter? Don't you want to be the one that we call? And you kind of have to say yes because you do want to be that person, but then you don't get to pay for it. So I am super, super strict on um, getting paid for my lectures. And that sometimes surprises people. And I'm super strict on getting paid for my stand-up as well. And also that surprises people. But... Um, I can be, I can be very, what do you call it? Um, I mean, I can negotiate. People can negotiate with me. So sometimes, you know, I can lower my rate and it's like on a sliding scale. And I've talked about this before. It's just, it's interesting to me, you know, what you want to pay for and what you don't and who you pay for what. So here I am on my way to the photo shoot, going to Stockholm in a couple of days. And if you are in the Stockholm area, hit me up. Let me know. I am active as always on Instagram. People are sending me a lot of questions there. And that's okay. I answer them for free. But I hate when... Um, and I'm sorry to say this. I hate when guys start really um, bugging me about their penis size. And that they can't get it in. And when I try to explain, like they won't stop. And they just keep on going. Like I have to have intercourse. I have to orgasm. I cannot find anybody to orgasm in. That annoys the crap out of me. Like, just freaking use your hand and be a decent human being. And do not view other people as your orgasmatrons or your disposal. They are not at your disposal. So, use your hands. But other questions, I welcome that. And I'm going to go into this photo shoot and we'll chat later. This concludes this week's episode of Sex in Iceland. You can find us wherever you want to listen to your podcast and on social media. I'm on Instagram and Facebook and on S-I-G-G-A-D-O-G-G dot com. That's sickaduck.com. See you guys later.